Early Childhood Australia is proud to bring you this podcast series, Access, Participation and Positive Outcomes, Inclusion in Early Childhood. This series is co-hosted by Janet Williams-Smith and myself, Shay Halen. Along with our episode guests, we'll draw on experiences and professional perspectives on key practices that support you to embed inclusion in your early childhood education and care setting. Early Childhood Australia wishes to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which this podcast was recorded and produced. We pay respect to the Elders past and present and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples living and working in this area. Hello and welcome. Today, Janet and I are recording on Ngunnawal Country and we're pleased to welcome Nicole Tallarico to share insights into the way we can use resources in early childhood to support inclusion. Thanks for having me today. I'm really excited to be able to talk about resources in education and care spaces. And I think we often think about the physical resources that we have in our space, but people can absolutely be a really strong resource as well. In fact, an ally, if we're really going to think more deeply about that. It's really important that educators think about any bias they may have that would definitely require some respectful dialogue amongst teams to make sure you're undertaking an assessment of how inclusive, how diverse you are, what means are in place to support equity. And I think our resources when we're thinking about people can really add value to an education and care service. Thank you, Nicole, for introducing that notion that resources aren't just things that we purchase. I love the, I think sometimes we jump to equipment when we think about resources and I'm loving the way that you're taking us down this road of people. We know that to be truly inclusive and to really make comprehensive assessments of the needs of children and families, we have to look at the things that I'd like to hear about from you are things like our environments, our communities, our rituals, our relationships. How do we use those things as resources to make sure that our services are truly inclusive? I know many of us have seen some wonderful practices on celebrating particular rituals and ceremonies with families in relation to some of the, their beliefs and some of their lived experiences. And those things being really resourceful things for children to teach and learn. I'd love to hear from you about some of those things. Absolutely. If we are really going to embrace our current community and prospective families coming into our space, we need to rethink what consultation and collaboration looks like so we can truly, respectfully and authentically develop these relationships that allow families to feel comfortable to share with us their rituals, their practices, and we then can immerse those things where possible into our curriculum with children. So we may be able to incorporate specific resources into our dramatic play spaces, into our outdoor environments, but enabling families to actually be present in our space can be a wonderful asset to bringing diverse resources and really thinking outside the square. So we're not just purchasing resources, we're actually utilising our community for dialogue. And, you know, I'm so grateful to work with many Aboriginal people and organisations. And the one thing that comes through very strongly when we are in dialogue is really making time to have a yarn. And what would that look like in our environments? What opportunities are there? So could we really 
think about how socially and culturally inclusive we're being with our resources. I know one of the questions that you asked me is, what are some of the resources and tools that I use as a go-to? And I have to say, in line with what we're just talking about, keeping our kids safe, which is the cultural version of the National Principles for Child Safety is a tool that I think is really important for all education and care services to have. I also think the Building Belonging Toolkit is really important as well. There are so many songs and e-books and posters that we can really include into our curriculums to promote positive racial identity. And that's what we want to do. And Victoria's Child Safe Standards really look at equity and inclusion, but also look at how we can really champion and support children to be able to grow and develop in their space, which means they must have a sense of cultural safety and well-being, social safety and well-being. So if we're looking at social safety, Strong, Safe and Fabulous have an amazing range of resources that you can also tap into to support the people in your spaces. I think it's really important to broaden out those notions, Nicole, because when people think about resources, they tend to go straight to equipment. Yep. What I want to hear is that the environment looks like the children that are using it. Yes. The environment looks like the children that are using it. That's right. You know, even as something as important is fire, you know, fire and so many services embrace the use of fire. I went into a service a couple of weeks ago on Groot Island. Groot Island is a mining island and it's in the Gulf of Carpentaria. And I went out with the VIPs to visit a service and it was a remote Aboriginal community that was 40, you know, Ks out of the mining area in the middle. Right. Of- and we got there and there was all these kids from families there, like Aboriginal kids and families, and it was a yeah. program attached to the school. Anyway, kids were playing, right? And they were role-playing. One of the children decided she was having a baby and she was role-playing having a baby and she had a football shoved up her jumper and the other baby got a ruler and basically performed a cesarean section on her (laughs) and basically gave birth to this football. And I was immediately looking for dolls and thinking, how about cesareans? But actually, that's their lived experience. They watch the mothers having cesareans and they don't have any dolls, so they use footballs to pretend that they're babies. Yeah, and they wrapped this football up in a piece of chiffon and carried it round all day. And See? I thought this is uh, yes. they don't have a doll, but actually it doesn't really matter. Know, but it doesn't matter. But being able to have that piece of fabric and a football to make the baby and the wrap That's is exactly right. the resources, the open-ended resources we need. And then we ended up talking to the children about what do babies need. What do babies need to live? And what do babies need to grow? And what do babies need to survive? Oh, so I love it. Conversation about what babies need. Yeah. But I was looking for all the wrong things. I went in there looking for dolls and stuff and couldn't find any of that. Right. So I, think it. it's, I think we've got to keep thinking when we're doing these inclusion podcasts, we've got to keep coming back to the lived experiences of children yep. being in the space. Because if we're talking to the whole of Australia, we can't be too specific. Mm-mm. The lived experiences yeah. of children is what educators need to get into their principles in practice. Yeah, and this is what you just talked about is why I drive so harshly. Where are your open-ended resources for children to, apart from the fact that children don't have great improvisation skills because of all the tech that they've got, but for children who are do not have, and I'm not even going to call it the luxury of tech, who do are not brainwashed with that, they utilise 
what's around them. That's right. So open-ended resources is an important one, but I think it's about interpretations. Yep. And being able to enable children to provide you with interpretations of what they're doing and then Mm. just reflecting that back to them. That's very inclusive. Very, very much so. Yeah. You let them take the agency, which is what we talked about in the previous podcast, really, didn't we? That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Nicole. One of the things that I think I was thinking about when you were talking, Nicole, was that notion around being able to provide equipment and also resources for children to be able to recognise themselves when they come into a service, you know, to be able to see things and play with things and experience things that feel like familiar to them. So that that notion of not just participation, but contribution occurs. We know when people get to contribute to an environment, they really do feel included because there's a sense of ownership because it's their environment and it's got their stuff in it and it belongs to them and they belong to it. So that's a really nice kind of way to finish off this notion around resources are almost like they're a transition tool for children to be able to bring themselves into the space. So really appreciate some of the conversations we're having with you in these podcasts. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. I've greatly appreciated the time. You've been listening to Series 2 of the ECA podcast. The copyright of this material is owned by Early Childhood Australia and all rights are reserved. The ECA podcast is available anywhere you might listen to podcasts. And we hope this series supports you in feeling more confident to develop inclusive strategies and support a strong community rich with diversity.